Thank you for joining us for an episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I'm here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? I'm great, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Swimming along, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's all we can do. That's right. That's all we can do. I'm really excited about our topic today because it is juicy. It's important. So it is about mis, mal, and disinformation, which has been on our radar, hopefully has been on. Yeah. And you know, as we're recording this, it is still ethics month. We are saying ethics month. So this is a great topic to address during that time. So and it's something, you know, I, I keep saying this. And so I feel like a broken record, but I truly believe it to be true that mismal and disinformation is one of the greatest threats that PR pros are facing. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's a threat to our society as a whole too. Let's, let's face it. Yeah, it is. And you know, what's frightening about it is because of these beautiful communication channels that we have it can spread like wildfire before you could even catch the spark of it and, and squash yeah. it. And I think even more frightening is that your audience may not, even when confronted with the truth, may not believe the truth. Right, right. It's become so distorted now. I mean, the political polarization alone has really created at least two different worlds of reality. So you're up against that. And then, you know, add the pandemic where talk about mismal and disinformation, the reality of other sovereign countries peddling mismal and disinformation, which, you know, I, I find funny. We learn in history about pamphlets being peppered during the wars, you know, pamphlets being dropped to help propagandize. And for, for some reason, we think that we're all immune to that. Oh, that's that happened then. It's not ever going to happen again in any other way, you think. <laughs> really? So, you know, we have to navigate it without becoming too super paranoid or reaching for the tinfoil ourselves. Because sometimes I feel like when I'm talking about the topic and just stressing the importance of really verifying sources, verifying just just the truth of things, I feel I feel like I'm starting to sound conspiratorial. And it's just really, it's maddening. Yeah. And I mean, this, I think we all know in the political realm, so any of our political PR people, we know that you're dealing with this on a whole different level. But but this this mismal and disinformation penetrates every function of communications, internal, external communications. It is a problem. And, And it's a problem because you have this mixture of technology that is able to give everyone a, a voice. Everyone has a megaphone and can share to their audiences as very quickly. So things again can go, you know, go wildly indifferently. Right. And because you have anytime that humans get involved, it can be <laughs> messy and a problem. So for example, you may have, and, and this is happening now where we see, employees on TikTok, taking you behind the scenes of their workplaces. Now, we're not just talking about retail and fast food. This can also happen in office environments where people think that they're innocently sharing something. Those 
observations are their lived experiences and their perceptions, which may not in full context be the whole truth. Right. It may not have the full picture. So if a snippet of information that may be true for that person or true from what they've been able to observe and for what they know gets out into the public, it can lead to misperceptions or misinformation about the brand as a whole. Right. One recent example is some of the larger organizations are talking about return to work policies. From the employee perspective, they get, you know, this mass email about how next year there's going to be a return to work, you know, three days per week. So it's going to remain hybrid and it's you have to come back to work after the company had previously said that that was not going to happen. So from an employee's perspective, all they have is this information that's in their in their channels at work, their communication channels. That's all that they have to go in is is what's being told to them. Right. If they share that publicly or go out on TikTok and share the company email, which by the way is unethical, yeah, you do that. And I fought the company for not having an ethical framework in place that you know guides communication and what people can and cannot say. That it can lead to people not understanding that maybe there were lots of people involved in this decision, lots of reasons for these decisions being made, and it may not give the an accurate portrayal of that. So can this affect your your brands? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and not just from employment failures, what about someone who's interacted with their company and maybe their misinterpretation of a policy and now they've taken it and they bashed your your company completely in public and it's not the right information. Sometimes we know that customers are at fault for things and it's not always the brand. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, again, everyone's perception is their truth, their truth, not actual truth. So, and, and we see it all the time, even on social media, when things happen and people make a statement of, you know, this happened and this is how it went down and this is, this is what's going to be moving forward. And even if they only have part of the information, which could be all they were privy to, if this is something in the workplace, or if they only heard a snippet of what's really happening, suddenly it's the truth. Everyone's sharing it. It's out there. And so it takes that much more effort to restate the actual truth. And then, of course, now you have to get over the hump of people's beliefs and believing that's the truth rather than, oh, they're just trying to clean up. It's better. So UPR pros already know this. Make sure that your clients have crisis communication plans in place that are not just documented and on a shelf, but that are practiced, that are modified, that are updated that are known throughout the company, that roles are assigned, you need to be always ready. I would also say that it's really, really critical to um, fact check everything, to check the sources where you're sharing information as well. So if you're doing pitching, you want to really thoroughly vet outlets and make sure that you're not connecting with an outlet that's known for untruths that has a loosey-goosey, you know, grasp on ethical journalism, you have to really be, you know, know who you're associating your clients with. I know sometimes 
people can tend to like grab onto a trade because there's an opportunity and you want to, you know, you want to continue media momentum. You have to really be discerning these days and really careful about where your brand is associated with. You want to make sure that your communications are clear. You want to make sure that you are ensuring that before something is put out, that you've had a diversity of voices and thoughts in that room. Because a lot of things can stem from that, that can lead to ethical breaches and mismount and disinformation. So, you know, it is a lot more work for us. And then finding it, you got to be on top of it. Your monitoring has to include social listening. You need to be at the ready and you need to be the one to tell your story. Own your story. Don't let other people write the script for you. You need to own it. Right. Be on the offense as much as possible. Get out there quickly, concisely with the truth to yeah. clear the air and, and just stake your claim in, in what is correct. It's so important. And, you know, and I've even seen, you know, people that I know myself, people that are seasoned, you know, if you see something and, and you share it and you believe it's true and then you find out, oh my gosh, I was wrong, you know, do the mea culpa or, you know, just triple check. You know, don't don't yeah. quite share in the heat of the moment because, you know, we don't want to add to that fire. <laughs> we do not. You know, there are things I've learned to just not weigh in on everything, even if it's a hot topic, even though yeah. a lot of times I want to because I want to read and I want to wait to make sure that it's true. Yeah. Particularly when someone is being accused of wrongdoing. Oh, I'm goodness. The yes. person that jumps into that fire and, and says, well, you know, I want to just wait and I want right. to sit back and see, okay, is this true? Because I think, honestly, we have to remember if we truly value, it, and this applies to people, you know, in the United States and in, you know, um, countries that, that have democracies in place, if you believe in democracy, fairness, and justice, then people really should be not immediately assumed to be guilty without proof. You want to allow for things to come to light to verify that. And and I will say that it's tough because sometimes we have videos that show people doing horrific things and there's this rush, but you have to question even the videos as, as we heard from an expert on our show recently, you have to question that. Is that the whole clip? Has that clip been manipulated? We we can't trust these things anymore. And I don't know about other PR pros, but I sometimes have leaders that like being, you know, commenting on current events. They're comfortable in that space. And so they want to go out on LinkedIn and they want to say stuff about the war in Ukraine because they're, they care about these things. They care about the world at large. So I think it is critical to train our clients on taking a beat before they comment on things and, and at least passing it by you by because you're the strategic counselor and you can provide some guidance on things that they should weigh in on when they should remain silent when they should speak up when they're speaking on behalf of themselves and even if it's on behalf of themselves they're the CEO of a company they're you know or an executive or affiliated with a company so it's going to still be a representation of the brand i think it's important to have those conversations and have again documented policies around these things. Right. You have to evaluate, is it worth it? Is it worth it to weigh in, you know, versus if you are 
in the thick of it and it's more of that you're beholden to weigh in. You really need to consider all of those angles. And speaking of angles, you know, this, this doesn't mean that, look, sometimes we are in the, our job is to persuade or to outright sell. That's not to say, you know, that, that we don't continue to do that, but always do it from a basis of truth because it will come back on you if there is an untruth in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I can think of, you know, for example, taking study data out of context and using it to create your own narrative. Oh, yeah. That is misinformation. It really is. Don't do yeah. that. You have to be truthful. And if if that particular statistic is not supporting the narrative that you're trying to tell, don't use it. Don't don't use that data in that way. And so we have to be responsible communicators too, and not allow our wild creativity to override our ethics. If you want to do that, write a screenplay. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) No, I I, I just think it's it's so important. I think, I, I don't know, critical thinking is such an important skill. I don't know. Is it a skill? Is it something it that's learned? Skill. You know, I, I really value that way back in junior high, we had a whole series of coursework on it. And at the time you thought, eh, all right, whatever. But now that I'm older, I realize, oh, it's not a given. Okay. But it's so important. Again, not that you take it to the extreme of questioning everything. They're all out to get us. <laughs> right. Not in a conspiratorial, everyone's no. our enemy. I'm going to hide in a bunker. Mentality. Right. But you know what? You said something in one day we may have to address this because it, it's its own topic. The critical thinking is something that I personally have noticed is missing from the public narrative. Yes. I don't see, and I, I don't want to be demeaning to any single generation, but it's a skill that I have found to be missing when we have been trying to make hires. People don't think, and I am not sure if that's a sign of the times that coming through the past couple of years of trauma, because this has been a really traumatic time in our history. I mean, everything, there's just been nothing but upheaval and loss and you know, every day we're bombarded with more and more, it seems like negative information. Right. So I'm not sure if it's just a sign of the times that people are just feel like they're treading water, just trying to keep their head above the water and not drown. And so critical thinking has gone out of the window. So it may be part of the sign of the times. It may be part what's happened in our political arena. That's really taken over our whole lives where, but critical thinking is essential And I know that as PR professionals, we hold on to that, but it's definitely missing. People are not doing the deeper dive. They're not, you know, turning over the rock. Um, You know, perfect example, somebody, I've seen this a lot where people say, if you don't believe me, you can just go watch his videos on YouTube. Uh, Oh, do your research. Yes. As people who are on YouTube, I would say... I love that you listen to us. We want you to hit that subscribe button and keep up with us. But this is not a proof point. You you can dig deeper. A lot of times we, most of the time, if we're talking about something, we try to provide resources so that you can read it for yourself so that you can 
fact check it for yourself. And if we say something wrong, let us know because we make mistakes. And if it's an opinion, we'll tell you it's an opinion. But, you know, just because somebody has a YouTube channel doesn't mean that they can override a study that's been done. Studies are another area right for misinformation because you have to dig a little bit deeper. Who's behind the study? Right. Is it an entity that benefits from the study? So is that study aligned with, with other research methodologies that make it not biased? Is it factual? You know, do your homework. I mean, you can't just cite things and look at a person and go, well, they said it. So it's gotta be true. Yeah. And I think it, I think it comes from decades of, we, we came from this point of, you know, trusting what we see on TV as far as hard news. Yeah. We trust that. And I remember thinking to myself in the late eighties, early nineties, when I was interning in television and hard copy came out and I thought, "Mm, I don't like this. Like, this is not good. Now news is becoming more infotainment. And there are parts of that that are fine. Look, I love when our Disney owned stations go to the new park or whatever. That's fine. I believe you. I believe you're there. I believe you're going to show me the new Star Wars ride. (laughs) However, (laughs) you know, that, that muddying of truth versus just making something fictional for, for entertainment, but presenting it as news, it really started to get muddy. So my point is we've been trained to believe, to say, okay, I can believe what I'm seeing there, that talking head, they look newsy. So, I mean, this is the pillar that this is built on that I can believe what they say. So I will. Not, not anymore. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's sad, but it's true. And I think this is an important discussion to have because we as PR professionals have to realize that our publics may be guilty of doing this. And so sure. that makes it even more important to protect your clients' uh, reputation, the brands that you represent, their reputations by having very clear, factual information, making sure that you're presenting things in a way that it can't be perceived as misinformation. Correct. Um, Making sure that you are, again, monitoring what's being said about client brands. I know everyone doesn't do social media, that's okay, but you still need to do social listening. You need to be on top of it so that you can respond or check anything that is inaccurate. And, you know, I had someone call me earlier this year because someone had shared something that was just so divisive and negative about their client on social media. And it was, it was a highly respected person and it was an opinion but it was filled with misinformation and it went crazy bananas. And the client sat on the sidelines because they weren't sure what to say or what to do. Sure. They were sitting on the sidelines, wringing their hands and pointing fingers at each other about who was at fault for this thing happening. The thing was blowing up on social media. It took on a whole life of its own because when a personality is involved or someone who has a lot of followers and they speak, people jump all over it. And before you know it, they're sharing it. They're, you know, they're validating what this person is saying because they believe this person to be someone that's honorable. 
In this yeah. case, it was ugly. It was horrific. It was awful. And so not only do we have to be on top of the information, but I think in advance, proactively, we also have to talk to clients. So this is you know, still around crisis planning, but it's not just having the plan. It's really talking to clients and helping them to understand if X happened, this is what we would need you to do. Yeah. What is the fastest path? You know, we need to have a process in place where we can quickly formulate a response and address it before it goes viral. Right. How fast can we throw up a landing page on the website? Uh, you know, a viral newsroom stating yeah. facts with links and videos yeah. to anything you can to combat the the yeah. disinformation. Yeah. yeah. Make sure that you involve every department that needs to be involved in that. I would yeah. have, you know, on the subject of like landing pages, that kind of stuff is easy to create in, van- in advance. You can have yeah. a page that lives ready to go live and yeah. it's ready to go and to be populated on the spot. Yeah. Have, you know, placeholder responses that can be immediately customized for situations that you need to go out on social media. Have a clear escalation policy to yeah. fight misinformation and we're just going to see more of this. And again, it's not just politicians and celebrities. It's people can weaponize even factual truth because they can take it out of context or they can take a piece of the whole and then it becomes mal, dis or misinformation. Yeah. And it's so important what you said about context. I think that's the first thing, you know, and of course, hopefully everyone's nodding along because we're all in the business, but Context. What's the context? The first time you see something that doesn't feel right or doesn't that pings just a little off, check the context because that will probably provide the more complete answer or the more complete scenario and lead you on the road to actual truth. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. That's that's a great note for us to sell off into Hi to our wonderful audience for the yes, day. to the rest of our day. Well, we thank you for spending part of your day with us. We really appreciate it. If you get any value from this at all, we would so love you to share it around on your social. It's all truth. No disinformation here. <laughs> and until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. Mm-hmm.